0: War.
1: Huh. It's yeah. here. <laughs> what is it good for? Comic Absolutely sales, hopefully. Nothing. Sing it again. <laughs> Welcome to the XY Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm just here. We are doing an episode, but we are doing a... I don't want to say a speed round episode, but a condensed conversation. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Let's call
1: it a condensed conversation.
2: I have no idea how that changes what we're going to do, but it's what we said because it's already late that we're starting this.
1: It's a mindset thing, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, right. No, it's good. It's a good way of thinking in to the episode because... We have things to do.
1: Yes, it is the eve of when we leave for the Uncanny Experience, which is this Saturday and Sunday, and we head there tomorrow.
2: I may be editing this on the plane as we <laughs> speak, because Lord knows I'm not doing it tonight.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> we still have plenty of other things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about this week's comics, as we do, um, starting with... X-Men Unlimited, number 104. That's our Digi. Then kicking it over to the Tangies. We're going to make a little nod to Contest of Chaos. Oh, did you read it? I did read it. Oh, uh-huh. it's, it's really
2: not much to say. No, but just yeah. a nod. <laughs> yeah, right. Just a nod. <laughs> it's there.
1: Then uh, we've got Astonishing Iceman, number two. X-Force, number 44. Children of the Vault, number two. And X-Men Red, number 15.
2: Wow. Wow. So many exciting things to talk about.
1: After the news. news, <laughs>
2: news, news,
0: news, news.
2: Get your news here, sc- Scoozy. <laughs> <laughs> news. News. There's not much news. Uh, top of the list, you know... Marvel, if you don't give me news, I make up my own news. Ooh. I make us the news.
1: Yeah, that's right. Make us the news.
2: Uncanny Experience top of the news, that right? That is
1: top of the news. Just
2: mentioned it, but we are prepped, ready, excited to experience the X-Men life.
1: Yes, I am so pumped, actually. Who are
2: you cosplaying as?
1: I uh, I will be Kitty Pride and something else that I can't tell you. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm cosplaying.
1: Oh, yeah, you are. I
2: have two costumes. One is one that I just threw together and very low effort, but still there. Yes. Multiple Man, Jamie yes. Madrox, especially inspired by his Krakoan era lab suit.
1: Yes, indeedy.
2: I need to go get the work goggles from downstairs because that's
1: There you go. Science. Write that down.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. Great. And Mr. Jason Wingard, mastermind, will be making an appearance at the Hellfire Club.
1: Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, the experience is going to be really, really fun. I cannot wait. And there are a handful of you all that we get to meet this weekend in real life. That's so
2: cool. It just We were talking with Chad back and forth from Gray Malcolm Lane, who we have not met in real life. No. Just about how excited we all were to meet each other. And then some of the other people that I know are going to be there, just to just to meet new people, reconnect with people that we've met before at previous cons.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a grand old time.
2: Wow, it's mm-hmm. going to go by so quickly, but literally blinking, it's over. And exhaustion will set in later. Hey. <laughs> I started doing this, I I don't know, maybe I'll cut this out after and I'll be like, yeah, you don't need to talk about it. But I started doing issue recaps as social posts. Yes. And I thought that that was a really interesting idea, right? Where The day or two before, that's my plan, my hope, Mm -hmm. is to revisit the past issue and pull out a plot point or two that are important that will carry on into the next issue, at least what I think.
1: I think that's a great idea because there are, like, a whole month between issues. And a lot of
2: plot points, especially if you're following all or a handful of books. It's
1: a lot of comics to keep track of, so it's nice to get a little refresh.
2: And I already want to read them again anyway, (laughs) or at least flip through the art. And... Added bonus, it gives me social media content, and I hate coming up with social media content.
1: Something checked off the list. Uh, Feed the content
2: machine. X-Force, Declassified. So the Declassified series continues with Mr. Benjamin Percy stepping into the chair. Ooh,
1: that's a title announcement?
2: Oh, no, that's like the Declassified series of interviews.
1: Oh, dang. I just got so excited. Yeah. Okay, it,
2: continue. A couple of things. It, one to call out that the Colossus arc is coming to an end after having started in issue one.
0: Ooh.
2: So the, there is there's a question from Marvel. It's like, hey, it feels like it's at the crescendo of where it was.
1: I mean, they kind of allude to
2: that yeah, to yeah, this as we week's get in this issue, so. And that's it. That's all we got for news. Okay, <laughs> well, what about
1: personal news? What do
2: you have for personal news? Do okay. you have
1: any? Yeah, I do. I I have... I'm putting my foot down and I've decided that I'm going to, to be taking it easy for New York Comic-Con and I'm going to bring two cosplays with me and that will be it. Wow. The first I'm going to bring is Shadowcat because I'm going to force myself to make it and... The second is going to be Erica Slaughter. Yeah. Something's killing the children. And that's it. Both of them are comfortable. Both of them are low low stakes as far as like foam armor. None of that. Like nothing just, just difficult cloth. to wear. Nothing difficult to maneuver in. I want to still cosplay because I love it. But to be completely honest, at this point I'm in pain 24-7. <laughs> and the cortisone shot didn't work. And I'm just waiting to have surgery. So I want to cosplay, but I want to, you know, take care of myself at the same time. So that's my decision. Those are both new cosplays that have not been even made yet. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So TBD.
1: But that's the plan. Yeah. That's the official plan.
2: Now I'm excited to bring Jamie Madrox to Comic Con because I just feel like the number of times that we've talked about him on the podcast and how I identify with him and it just has made that be someone that i want to have at least some work into like it's not the first round is you know it's a t-shirt and some pants and a lab coat <laughs> and some, and some goggles as one. you know phase 1 and then we'll build from that i'm obviously never going to catch up to mr scott free who is oh my god yeah but the, the bodysuits and the that that will be his dupe. i'm saying <laughs> that's what i said to a couple of people on social media it's the best to show up as a in a convention because even if there are other people as them Mm -hmm. then that
1: just it's what it is dupes and dupes and dupes
2: dupes dupes, dupes, what other character
1: would be good for that kind of thing like a multiple logan (laughs) logan yeah look because you can never have enough wolverines
2: said the x line (laughs) my personal news
1: yeah what is it
2: so i had my last official Practice with my current improv team. Oh, uh, yes. And it was a merged practice with another team because one of the other coaches couldn't be there. Uh, so yeah. I
1: we know were mixing <laughs> with other
2: people that I hadn't seen in a while. One of them, a friend, Randy, who had just recently finished Swords of X, which I didn't <laughs> have the heart to immediately correct him as Ten of Swords. <laughs> but then we just dove into like a 20 minute conversation that other people were like a part of the circle, but then gradually they like, like did
1: this like. No. Secret moonwalk, walk there, away.
2: There's nothing in this for me. This isn't for me. But he had so many questions about the line, about the X-Men, about current comics. He used to work for Marvel and he, you know, loves comics and grew up reading them. But so dope. So we were just talking about it. And he was like, Well, I do have one question. And like, and you've answered literally every other question that I've had. So I'm <laughs> assuming that you know it of when Wolverine is resurrected in House of X. He's resurrected, but doesn't have adamantium. And I was like, oh, yeah, they address oh. that. It's like literally. And, and to, to think that I had just flipped through it as we were building our lesson plan for yeah. the crocon era, I was flipping through some old issues. And saw the punch bowl of adamantium that Forge and Wolverine talk about before he asks for an adamantium surfboard mm-hmm. that we see 20 or so issues oh later. Oh,
1: God, here we go. Adamantium surfboard all and then, over again. And then
2: Moira cut okay, Banshee's face good off. Good
1: grief. Yeah. Skin hey.
2: suits, uh, ugh. meat
1: grinders,
2: uh. <laughs>
1: adamantium skeletons. B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b.
2: All right, we got a poll. There are four yeah, comics okay. in that poll.
1: Four comics in that poll, which is
2: a great—that's that's a healthy that's a poll. a solid poll. It's a good poll. Who won that X-Men poll? X Men Red. What's the percentage? Forty-seven
1: percent. Sixty-four percent. Girl, that was very wrong. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, it was. You, you had very little faith in it. But also, I mean, that's actually a good prediction because of there being four. Right. Like, that makes like sense? That's,
1: that's double, almost, that's almost half the vote for one comic, my it's guess. Over half. No, my guess oh, was gotcha. just about half the vote. Right,
2: right, right. For one comic. Yeah, that's true.
1: All right. X-Force is number two.
2: It is not. What? Children of the Vault, which, come on. Your face right now, it it doesn't dissuade my love for this series. I'm so excited about Children of the Vault. Children
1: of the Vault is fine. It's good.
2: 21% for Children of the Vault.
1: Okay, then X-Force. Then X-Force. Then Astonishing
2: Iceman. 12% and then Astonishing Iceman with 3%. All right, 3%.
1: No goose goose egg. No goose eggs. Which
2: is good, which is good, yeah. Captain2Michael had a general question, wondering if we had any ideas for a miniseries that we would like them to make. So like a Fall of X miniseries. I mean, first came to my mind because I was messaging with Sketchy X-Men Legends, who had posted his customs of the Exterminators. Mm. And just to think about what the Exterminators' response would be (laughs) in the Fall of X Landscape and how that would change the tone but still bring that energy that was really interesting to think about like So my answer is let's do the same thing again. Like hey, it was fun. Let's do a round two
1: Let's bring those exterminators back.
2: Oh, and I can't remember who it was. I was talking to online about Children of the vault they had said that it was kind of a waste that some of bishops war college students weren't there and I agreed mm. with that. And I thought that that might be an interesting ad, even though I love Children of the Vault. I'll say it again. I'll say it a thousand times. Michael's idea was a pet heroes series, which I think oh, would be kind of cool. Like Jake yeah, the Landshark, yeah. uh, you know, Jonathan the Wolverine.
0: hmm.
1: I don't know the answer for me. Because all my characters that I want to see in books are, are in books, yes. so I'm pretty happy right now. You're in a so. good place right now, at least until all the, yeah, the fearful just, looming of right now. What they're saying about we, Kate, we're just gonna, st- honestly. <laughs> what do you? Why do you have to bring that up?
2: Because I'm readying you for the fall.
1: I'm not gonna be well if Kate dies. Look at me. When? Look at me. Stop. <laughs> If Kate dies, I will go in for real serious mourning. I'm literally feeling myself starting to cry, thinking about it right now. I will be unwell, so everyone prepare. We might have to do a week of Justin alone on the podcast because Alicia will be curled in a ball That would be
2: insane. How would I even do that? I don't know, but
1: they can't. Two perspectives? I can't. They're not going to kill her. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to have a panic attack.
2: Michael also felt that... Or feels that Onslaught is coming back after last week's Immortal, the darkness of Charles Xavier, which I don't know. I I would be interested to see what they would do with him again. But we have recently seen Onslaught in the Way of X and Onslaught Revelation as a tool of Orcus.
1: Yeah, I think it would be more interesting if Xavier just turns into a villain.
2: And just see what he would do as a Magneto type character. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I would be interested in either Interesting that I, I wanted to go off of this idea of X-Men being X-Men Red being the top book mm-hmm. of the vote, right? There was a lot of conversation around sales that came up. A, a comic shop oh. had posted about how sales had been declining in his X readership over the last year. Oof. And it, it really sparked a lot of conversation about how people were feeling about the line, how a lot of times it was confusing and overwhelming and not mm-hmm. knowing especially with the starts and stops. And I had just Previously done this out of interest. I had been looking at sales for the top fifty comics each month for a set of months that I don't <laughs> want to get into because I, I really enjoyed the research because data is fun. Data is amazing. For a
0: number of months.
2: Maybe I made some folders and subfolders to look at it across years. I don't know. Oh my god! Who cares? That's not what the story is about. The story is about the fact that I was unaware that X Men Red was selling so little. X-Men Red was number 43 out of 50. Wow. In the top 50 comics of August 2023. Wow. One of the lowest, if not the yeah, you know, one of the lowest of the X line.
1: That's crazy to me.
2: Right. That that blew my mind because everybody talks about it being so great. Everybody loves it. Everybody like it always wins book of the week when it's up. Always wins book. I don't think it's ever lost. Yeah, that's true. And I guess like that it hurt my heart a little bit. The other part, the fact that Children of the Vault, number one, was number 50. It still made the list. And I think, you know, it got me thinking about how a title like that doesn't really have a whole lot of name brand recognition Mm -hmm. in the title itself. Right. And the cover, you're hoping they catch your eye with a cable and a bishop. Like, oh, okay, 90s heads with the time-traveling dudes. Let's go. Let's go. But I love it so much. And I know you're indifferent about it. We'll We'll talk about it it when we talk about it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, we will.
1: So, time to talk about that X-Men Unlimited Infinity comic?
2: Dazzle me. Sorry, Jumbo.
1: Dazzla Dazzla. So, basically, Dazzler has to have her conversation with Jumbo about the fact that she can't re-wear a dress that she had already had.
2: First of all, isn't that like a girl rule perpetuated by girls?
1: I mean, it is, but... It would feel especially so if the case was... A famous person. Okay, first of all, wait. For wait, an award. Hold on, hold on. Not perpetuated by girls. It is an expectation that you do not wear the same thing twice to two major events, back to back. And, so if but, she but, but, went but, to... Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. But who, who is that expectation caused by?
1: It's not caused by girls. That's like one of those like... Society. The patriarchy. Yeah. For, okay, well, you know what? Because if a man wore the same suit two events in a row, no one would think anything of it.
2: Exactly. I wear the same suits. I have three suits. How would I wear different... Why would I wear different suits?
1: Anyway, it would be odd, in my opinion, for Dazzler to have worn the same dress to two major events back so to back. So yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, For sure. Like, that's not... Especially
2: when you have an in-house stylist like right. Jumbo Carnation. For
1: sure. So essentially she was wearing this dress to an awards show and
2: they don't say which one they said the most prestigious music awards and i assumed it was the grammys
1: yeah could be could be the grammys and there are like mutant hating people who are upset and including
2: the bouncer who turns out to be executioner
1: right who who attacks dazzler and then she defends herself with the claps of the audience to
2: get everybody to clap it up for creating this the the audience is like oh great she wants us to clap for her too
1: like and then that one is like no you idiot yeah dazzler turns sound into light and
2: then a really nice speech about life as a mutant and the things that she's going through and and the support of the music community and the people that love her for who she is i think that's really
1: great that was beautiful but she needs a new outfit right so. And
2: we need Juggernaut next.
1: Next.
2: Probably the last one, I assume, seeing as he won. What is there? I can't remember. We got
1: Frenzy. We got Jubilee. We got Cannonball. We got Prodigy. We got Prodigy. Right. We got Dazzler. Yes. And Juggernaut. I think there's only six candidates this wow.
2: year. Wow. Written by Steve Fox and Stephanie Williams. Art by Noemi Vittori. Caller's Pete Pantanzas. Letters, Travis Lanham. BC's
1: Travis Lanham. What did you think about this one? I thought it was fun. It did feel... A little bit darker than the others. I mean, the other ones had conflict, but I feel like was this the first like full mutant out hating like, bigot? In, yeah.
2: yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, so I guess they're potentially getting closer to the timeline of the gala right, right, as we right. go things are them. getting
2: darker and darker as we continue on.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, remember though, yeah, everything's doom everything's and gloom, terrible except a nice man. Yeah, Ice Man. Uh, before we talk about Ice Man.
2: Oh, we're going to talk about Venom, let's annual number one. Let's talk
1: about Venom one. for a second. Did
2: you enjoy... I, 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 I knew I had to buy this. I
1: freaking loved this comic.
2: Right. And you remember that Dylan is now Venom. Yes. Okay, great.
1: Yeah. I did remember that. But, okay, let's talk about it. I love Venom. Yeah. I love Deadpool. Yeah. Venom and Deadpool together, the, yes. Right. Like, right. yes. The, the, I don't know, the... The language pattern of venom matched with the attitude of Deadpool together, like Joy. I had so much fun. And and you know, we're in a contest of champions battle. They're in a carnival fighting for demon balloons and like Princess is there, Valentine is there in the issue, like all this fun stuff. I love it.
2: Right. You know what is interesting about this crossover? So I dipped out of the last two the last two issues that would have been in this, so two annuals previously, and at the end of this, they tell, they show you the other two people that won. And yeah. It's like, okay, well, if you didn't care about those characters, right. You know, they're here now. This is
1: what where we're at. Boom. Agatha's up to shenanigans. She's collecting champions, and Clea's mad about it. Right. So that was fun.
2: I'm glad you enjoyed it.
1: I really did. I really did.
2: Are you ready to talk about astonishing Iceman?
1: I will talk about it for the podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow that was uh I mean I, honestly this this cover is okay <laughs> i i i was, i just i was looking at it and comparing it to some of the other ones and it's he's just kind of standing there and he's using his power and you know it's fine there's it's not really telling you I a story mean, it's it's ice man he's here. I
1: do like the the contrast of the colors it does make oh, yeah. the him, colors are like pretty. really pop
2: yep. And the perspective of the buildings.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it. Page turn noise.
2: Flashback to Bobby's past interactions with the bigotry of his hometown, as he and his girlfriend are chased by a bully, and he uses his mutant powers for the first time.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't go over well. Yeah, Judy's Town's, not down. Town's not loving it. They're coming to his house. Oh yeah, They're I love going the full uh, riot.
2: I love the ice. In between mm, in these the memory spots. Yeah. But the the dad and the mom defend their son because they don't want this, habit, which is an interesting take on Bobby and his father's relationship, which has never really been shown positively except Whoa. for recently when and or before he died.
1: Oh, interesting. Right. And Bobby's having a lot of difficulty dealing with, you know, what's happening and and processing just how afraid of him these people are.
2: And we get the the elements, what are being referred to as the Sapien League, but is not the Sapien League because those were humans and these are elements. constructs. And yeah. It's a lot of who's who and they're working for Orcus, but they're not saying they're working for Orcus. And the mom's like, well, you're trying to kill all these people because of my son. Joke's on you. They hate him.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. They don't like him. But what, who we've got here today, right now, is Helium. And Helium is like, yeah, well... Iceman can't beat me because I can't be Frozen.
2: I really do enjoy the art. I mean, he continues to say that throughout the entire issue. Mm-hmm. I really do enjoy the art in this issue. It's probably, I don't want to say my favorite part. Like, I don't want to, like, come out and say I did not enjoy this issue. But I i think that the art is really strong throughout this issue. And I feel I like... I would agree. Especially with the rendering of Helium and his powers, really visually interesting.
1: It's a title page. Homecoming.
2: Out Cold Part 2. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Vincenzo Caratu. Colors Java Tartaglia. Letters Travis Lanham. We see Travis Lanham. Cover by Jesus Saiz. As we pull the band-aid off. All right, if you were wondering if there was flesh underneath that ice. There is. Boom, there it is. Hanging out in bed. Pillow talk with Romeo. Recapping issue one in case you missed out. In case you didn't know that... He's been pulled back together from the brink of death with the memories and empathic emotions. I still, I don't know. I, I told myself in the social post that I, I'm i over it. I'm not doubling down on this. He's just a shell of who Bobby is.
1: But Bobby seems to kind of be saying that. Exactly. Here. Like, okay, good, he's, good, saying, good, good. he's saying, like, I don't fully feel myself. I don't fully feel formed. And I only feel whole when I'm here with you because you're
2: the source complete me right you're the source of my memories
1: so when i'm scattered away from you i feel less and less like like myself and i think that it's interesting you know i understand that romeo is feeling upset because he thinks he you know he worked really hard he did this thing for bobby and he's like bobby's ungrateful to him and and not responding well but at the same time like i also thought it was interesting the, the lens of what is our relationship? If we defined our relationship, maybe that would help me define myself. And I was like, Ooh, right. Well, and that's also
2: deep, also understanding that this seemed to be a very fresh or recently revisited relationship beforehand. Right. And then in the first issue, Bobby's is off kissing some guy that he mm-hmm. saves. And then so the emotional investment that Romeo has doesn't seem to be reciprocated. And also, Iceman doesn't, Bobby doesn't have an identity of himself or a read on who he is right now. Right. Which I'd say is a very interesting concept and further the plot point that I didn't actually abandon it was just a secret abandon to appease <laughs> the masses. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't
1: matter. We can't have this conversation any longer because Bobby is called away.
2: Uh, Go to the war room. He
1: must go address this and stay connected to Romeo through the war room.
2: You're heading into a trap and you know it, but it looks cool as you slide away on your little ice slide. Enter a data page as Pequod, the new Orcus higher up, kind of, like kind of middle management is... Hiring the elements of doom and clearing it with Director Devo. I think that's a great callback to Director Devo, knowing that he's still there, pulling mm-hmm. the strings. Rebuilding these elements of doom from...
1: These death machines. Yeah.
2: Into compassionless killing machines. Taking away any reasoning, thought, feeling, and making them into the... the Tools that they need them to be to take down Iceman because that's Pequod's main deal. I right,
1: just, he's been assigned to take down Iceman. That's your job.
2: But really, all I want is helium because he's unfreezable. Remember from before? We'll say mm-hmm. it again.
1: Because he's here. He's back.
2: Ah. The other
1: elements are attacking various points of the city. They've they're burning down buildings and
2: terrorizing children. Yes,
1: and Iceman's here to save the day. Hanging
2: out with the mayor. And the kids immediately... Hey, they're all here because of you. This is your problem, Mr. Mutant Man.
1: Even the children hate you, Iceman.
2: Yay. It's sad, but I get it.
1: He doesn't care. He goes around, saving them left and right, laughing in the mayor's face. And,
2: twist, it's the guy that bullied him in the first pages.
1: Oh, snap.
2: Did you not know that?
1: I did not.
2: That's the same guy. The mayor, the mayor was the bully the that he froze. The mayor
1: grew up to be the bully. Classic.
2: Oh man, he's is like this is an
1: 80s movie. It feels <laughs> like, it.
2: and he's the principal of the school now. <laughs> My kid's going there. It does
1: well. We've got he's not doing it alone. Okay, we've got the snowman, the snowman army. All
2: right, I love this as a utilization of his power. Yes, so I will say cool. like this is something that we saw teased a little bit in the beginning. Of him returning back to his ice fortress, right, with the, the mindless drone. Yes. And this is something that he's been shown to be able to do, but doesn't frequently do. Yes. The amount that this takes out of him, he needs to hold on to the mayor to keep himself up. And it's like, hey, hold up. I'm not interested. I don't want you to.
1: Don't touch me, Iceman.
2: Yeah, I would prefer you collapse. Thank you.
1: Oh, no, it's time to fight helium.
2: These, I mean, so it's it's an epic battle. Between the two. It's the save of your mother. It's the attack and response. It's the use of powers, the the defeat of ice versus air. And then. It's the
1: villain thinking he's never gonna fail and then being completely thwarted. You
2: can't think. You can't improvise. You're not consciousness.
1: What are we gonna do? We're gonna shoot him off into space. We're gonna encapsulate him because we cannot freeze him, but (laughs) we can trap him in a cone of ice.
2: This face in the ice. Feels like Zordon. <laughs> Rangers. Yes. Alpha. And we. Helium Man.
1: We bring him up into space and, uh, you know, we finally get him to say that he's working for Orcus. Cool confession, dude.
2: Yeah, that's what we wanted. Okay, throw you out to the bloom.
1: Oh, there's my baby. His mom's happy. This but- guy is
2: uh- terrible over here. He's just. What, Gordy Saint is just upset about the muties always putting everybody in the middle of it shut up you gaudy (laughs) say you're you're a menace and i hate you and i'm never going to your bakery again
1: yes and nice man (laughs) disappears he he disappears but it's okay
2: okay he's back home he's pulling himself back together he's smiling because he's at his anchor his lighthouse is rock with romeo with Romeo. He got a little data page, a little notepad. little
1: notepad data
2: page. Brainstorming. I just like to noodle on ideas. And I thought, hey, Mr. Clean, I believe that's who we're referring to as the cleaner. Mm. He's, he's available for some contract work. He's only just torturing an inhuman.
1: Ugh. Even just the way he's torturing the inhuman and he's basically like, yeah, you're not a mutant, but like soon enough Orcus will be after you too. Which
2: is something that Romeo had said earlier Mm. and is interesting that, you know, they are mining all of the superhero community.
1: Yeah, that is true. He creeps me out, this guy.
2: Yeah. No, he is merciless. He is a very skilled murderer. I'm pretty sure he's just a baseline human otherwise.
1: He's like, he's creepy. Yeah. He's a serial killer. Yeah. As he stabs in and finishes
2: up his work. This interesting note about the fact that he doesn't, he's not dead. He doesn't disappear into nothing. Iceman, his mind goes somewhere. Iceman has a home. He has a base that you can find and I need you to find it.
1: Dun, dun, dun. What's that Krakoan?
2: Well, before it says, next, cool, running the rails. And then the Krakoan is just out cold part three.
1: Cool running,
2: yeah, like yeah, cool yeah. Running. Oh yeah, Disney's in the house. He's got a bobsled team. Some people they don't believe. <laughs> and Antarctica has a ice fortress. <laughs> let it go, let it go. Oh, hey, what'd no. you think? What'd you think?
1: I mean, it was okay. I I think there are interesting components in yes. the overarching like reach of Orcus and what it is they're doing and what's potentially happening with the Inhumans. I do feel that the tone was a little better in that like yeah, more it was super so. cheery. Yeah, smiles all um, the time. Right.
2: Just, just when we reconstitute ourselves.
1: Right, right. But it's just it's a story that is there in The Fall of X. It's just not my favorite one.
2: It is, I would say, my least favorite one.
1: Yeah. that Confidently. Sounds accurate to me.
2: And I like Iceman as a character. I really do. Yes. And it I've always probably been one of my favorite of the 05 and i really enjoy his power i just i feel like this is very much so it feels like a side quest and it mm. feels like small potatoes as we're dealing with this one orcus guy with a grudge who has a rolodex of assassins
1: it does feel like a side quest yeah. and
2: it's like villain of the week right it, we got oh, robots and then the helium man and then mr clean and then A fourth guy, and then we're done, and Iceman comes back. Or we find out that he's not really Iceman, he's just a fraction of Iceman.
1: Right. I mean, I think it's interesting in that, like, it gives Iceman a reason to have his own title and to explore the reaches of his Omega power and maybe a little bit of his personal life and his identity as, you know, he's been taking the last year or so to... Develop himself, and he had that infinity comic where he was sort of coming into his yeah. own with his, you know, personal growth and identity. So, I think that's maybe the biggest benefit what of
2: the I, book. What I would have loved to see so we go back to his hometown here, but we don't really get any new depth mm-hmm. besides the fact that he was bullied as a kid. Okay, right. Yeah, I mean, I
1: which I, mutant was I, I could
2: assume, sure. But I think that this was an interesting opportunity to reconcile with his father's death or mm. to show the, the concern or or how his mother is feeling about the state of mutant culture in yeah. the fall of X environment. I just feel like this was played as a, a light touch point of, you know, OK, this is a little bit of who Bobby is.
1: Yeah. But I think that that's kind of. On theme with what we were saying before, it, essentially the word you used, light, like it is a light-hearted, it's, it's the lighter version of everything else. It's yeah. the, oh, you don't want constant death and destruction. You want to battle the villain with just enough death and destruction. Like, here we are.
2: Yeah. Veterino said... Okay, so um, clearly Bobby can turn back into flesh, eyeball emoji. <laughs> it was nice to see his mom being so supportive. His parents have been pretty trash historically. Yeah. And that's true. And they are captured as such in the X-Men movies.
0: I
1: actually remember that. I um, I wonder if he can only be Ooh. his flesh self when he's with Romeo.
2: Because he remembers him.
1: <laughs> yeah, interesting. Or because it's the only time he has enough strength that to too. do that. You yeah.
2: Know? Right, where he can just be him himself, his full whole right. self. Gilbert mm-hmm. Rojo, ten twenty-two, bringing up the fact that this is our Bobby or isn't it? So then if it's not, who the heck is it? I mean, doesn't the the
1: the evil serial killer dude say something about it?
2: Drake's a dead end. Kill his body, sure, that's a party, but his mind don't die.
1: Yeah. So that's the thing, is like, why does he know that Bobby's mind doesn't die? Where is that connected?
2: Because he does his research.
1: Ugh. Just looking at him creeps yeah. me out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Blonde China's asking, what's cooler than being cool? Not this title. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to say it, but Iceman is a chop, which I like as a concept of okay, it's on the chopping block. I don't think Michael will continue with really? this. Yes. He's done. He's done. Bruce 33 saying that Iceman is da-da-da-meh, da 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 so far. Might just wait until it's on Unlimited, which is an interesting conversation as we talk about sales. Right. And I thought that that, so I was talking to Miguel from Legion on Zoom today. He had posted about the fact that he's not going to continue buying X-Men Red. Oh. That he is enjoying the title enough, wants to continue reading it, but doesn't feel the need to to read it in real time and we'll pick it up on unlimited which I think is interesting like they've made unlimited so good a deal that
1: Yeah, how does that? Well, you don't have any of the printing fees sure. with unlimited and and they they know that you comic shops have to pre-order the books so they're really only paying for what's pre-ordered so they're
2: the, the not- problem Long term, and if enough people embrace this as a methodology, is that books will not continue because there's no print sales. There's no sales. Like Marvel Unlimited doesn't boost the sales of the, book. of the books. They oh, make... God.
1: This is a stressful conversation. Yeah, you know. It's, I don't want to have it. <laughs> I
2: like this as a conversation because it gets into the inner workings of the industry that we talk about. And I think right. that it's, it's good to know these things, but is also sad and hurts.
1: Which is not for right now. Okay, yeah. There's enough going on. <laughs>
2: X Force. X Force. I think you said that this was your book.
1: So okay, I said that when I had read X Men. Read only halfway. I still really like X Force. I don't know.
2: And you're making faces every time I say how much I love Children of the Vault. Because I don't. Okay, that's. I like
1: one. I like half of Children of the Vault. (laughs) I like the Cable and Bishop half of Children of the Vault. Okay. Anyway, X Force. I really love X Force. I live for X-Force. Sage and Domino, let's freaking go. Yeah.
2: Well, let's talk about it.
1: Well, first of all, let's talk about this cover. I love it so much. It's I, so
2: great. So, so this is where in my mind I started playing about the comparisons of covers, right? The action-packed dynamic poses, the epic claw action everywhere. The reminder of who X-Force is right now as they fight for their life like this Cover tells a story compared to Iceman's in the street and shooting his ice like out of his hands.
1: Pictures of Colossus in the uh, hanging on the walls. Right, and it's stuff.
2: layered. And it just like I love Daniel Acuna's art style, so maybe that's the bias coming I like through. The,
1: I like the crazed looking Domino's eyes. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Page turn
2: noise. Speaking of Nina, she is on a secret mission, seeking an alternate route. Around this orcus checkpoint in Russia. She's in communication with Sage, who seems to be from what do they call it, the bluebird? The, the space sea blackbird version? Maybe. I think, I think that's what they were calling it.
1: There's all these no X signs, and we've got Stark Sentinels posters flying around and, and orcus checkpoints, and one of those things. They got one of those things.
2: One of those Wolverines with gunk in him.
1: Domino peeks into a back corner and, you know, just gets lucky.
2: Classic Domino infiltrating a bathhouse. Russian bathhouses. That's a thing.
1: She's going to interrupt a spa day, you know?
2: Oh, the masseuse records? Yes, I have some work to do with Boba. (laughs) Mm-hmm. i
1: think it's quite funny that he comes out of the sauna and is like as long as i survive my massage like what do you think is going to happen in there like what regularly happens in this bathhouse that you might not survive your massage
2: you never know there's always backstabbing and the fact that he used to be in cahoots with mikhail the fact that he's still wearing the ring of mikhail yet denies his connection to him Mm. so he has this oh we don't even see it in this page
1: take that back well, you do kind of see it. Sure, in his sure. She's yeah. not we don't know what it is very yet. prevalent. He's ready for his massage, but wait, Domino's got a gun. She wants to know the business. I like how he starts talking trash about mutants and then realizes, oh, snap. Right. I'm being held hostage by a mutant. Well, we'll get into it after the title page. Force out
2: The Chronicles of Colossus Written by Benjamin Percy Art by Robert Gill Colors, Guru, EFX Letters, Joe Magna VCs, Joe Magna Daniel Acuna on that beautiful cover mm-hmm. Brothers Rasputin mm. Sitting in the weird dark of Mikhail's hidey hole
1: His Little technology bubble
2: You know, this is the, the sad story of Colossus just under Mikhail's control completely
1: Yes, cut to our friends our who prisoners. are you know, having times. Omega Kid Omega is is
2: Yeah, which Omega?
1: Mad at himself because he can't get it together. The
2: fritzing powers, he's just got no control over what he can do.
1: Omega Red is being tortured as a way to make up for the fact that he has once already failed Mikhail and hey, he shall not do it again.
2: You remember 10 Lives of Wolverine because we do and we know what you did.
1: The The last image on this page of Omega Red just drooped Slumped, into yeah. this chair is just, that says so much because he's such a tough nugget. Right, like right. He could take so much. The fact that he is like lifeless is... Uh, you know who's got a
2: lot of life in her? This is my favorite. This is a great page. Like, what are we
1: doing with all of X-Force? Well, we're just going to use Laura to train our soldiers because she'll just keep kicking their butts.
2: Killing them left and right. And a data page. Sage's logbook as she's scanning everything for everyone, trying to find a read of where X-Force is.
1: Where they at? Where they at?
2: Eric... Made a good point about Deadpool being on the cover and nowhere in the issue. Yes. And the fact that it mentions here that he's offline. And that's what made me think of it. And the fact that, you know, Deadpool is now on Uncanny Avengers. Maybe that's where he's gone off to. But Mm. it's just interesting that it seems like Ben Percy is writing him off, but still continuing to include him in the cover.
1: Yeah, interesting. Maybe he'll come back.
2: I'd imagine that he will. And maybe he'll connect with.
1: Yeah, that's the connection point. Right. For the Avengers. Domino's little interrogation is kind of interrupted because... Boba's
2: buds find him. We
1: can hear Boba's buds.
2: I like a little alliteration.
1: Yes. And uh, really what she's here for is the ring. And the easiest way to get it is to just cut his finger off. Chop it off. Let's go. But wait. Those things are here. Yeah. Those robots with Wolverine skeletons. (sighs) And Domino is really, she's in a fight for her life and she's almost not going to make it.
2: Chaos exploding everywhere. The snicked, snicked as this RoboBub, <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him. Chasing after her. I love this escape panel. This this page as she's running through the bathhouse using the Krakoan arm essentially as a Spider-Man web shooter. hmm I wish that they had thwip on it. What does it say? Spish? Yeah. Yes. She gets stabbed with the Wolverine claws as she's trying to escape.
1: He got her in the femoral artery. And she's she's worried. And Sage is like, don't worry. I got you. Ah,
2: this team, this duo. I love them. It's the, the last remnants of what we know X-Force to be. Mm-hmm. But they're doing all right. They're doing what they see as really vital work for Krakoa.
1: Right. And I feel like it will end up being.
2: I agree. Especially with Mikhail still... Tooling around in the background.
1: Well, especially it's because Mikhail's also trying to take down Krakoa. I mean, take down Orcus now. Yes,
2: yes. Who knows what he's doing? He just hates everything. He
1: hates them all.
2: Including his brother. Another logbook. Another logbook as we recap Colossus' story and pull out the necessary information. So Sage is now aware of what had been going on based on the reports and the data that she's collected. Mm -hmm. He's under control. He is not of himself. He... The, the separation from when they were time traveling. I think it was an interesting way to add that in, that awareness. Yes. And especially after having the, you know, there's a lot of people saying they're done with this plot. You know, the, this plot, it, it is long. It has extended very long. But the fact that we're seeing it pay off in the height of its utilization from mm. Mikhail and the Russians, I think is really interesting.
1: I do too. And we've got, you know, our other key points, Kayla's body being form, found, the paintings And the situation of the gala itself and, and, you know, Colossus is holding back of X-Force from doing anything at the gala.
2: Speaking of X-Force, we reconvene in their mobile base underwater as Black Tom is not we.
1: I know. So sad.
2: He is devoid of the veg.
1: He cannot connect with the veg.
2: Krakoa having the separation and and feeling the, the dormancy of the island now Black Tom is just Tom.
1: He's just himself.
2: Conversation between Sage and Domino as Sage talk, uh, talking about her pivot from alcohol to funky tea, which I think is an interesting mm-hmm. follow up on that detail. As we head into a no place tumor, I love the note about it causing cancer from prolonged exposure. So something that picked up out of ex-deaths of Wolverine and mm-hmm. Moira. Right. With this no place tumor, we have a place to store this ring in like a deadened safe zone.
1: But we're not going to say anybody's name around
2: Especially it. Especially M- McMile.
1: We don't say it for fear the ring can hear us.
2: Speaking about McMile.
1: <laughs> this is so interesting to me. This was great. To me.
2: This was like the payoff of. The understanding of the Chronicler's power, his compassion, his rebellion against Mikhail's plans, and and just how little Mikhail cares.
1: Right. So Mikhail wants him to shift his focus. He's done. He's got Colossus. He does not have any need for Colossus to be puppeted anymore. Instead, here's some background information on a bunch of people on Orcus. Write about them.
2: It's interesting that the Chronicler reveals that I can't just drop the story. He'll be in danger. Like, this is... I've put in time, effort, investment in Colossus's arc and it would be dissatisfying to me as a creator and dangerous to him as a person and could result in him dying. And right. Mikhail didn't care.
1: Mikhail essentially says, all right, well, then if he needs to die, That's then he die. That's a great ending. Die. That's a good Why ending. don't we just ship him off to connect with one of these Orcas people and hold them hostage so that we can get to know them better. And then if he happens to die in that process, then fine. And you can shift your focus. Okay, now. I fluff your papers on your desk. Yes. I'm mad at you. I'll throw you back in your chair. i uh,
2: got to go. This this was a good reveal. This was really interesting. And and the Chronicler has, as part of this long game plan, been a source of really interesting development mm-hmm. and, and a power that is quite unique.
1: I agree. I think this is going to be a fun adventure because now you have, like, you know, your your enemy's enemy is your enemy. Essentially what's happening, right? Like now the Russian army of mutants is going to go against Orcus and they're going to help out even though they don't intend to really help out. They want to be the ones to win, but...
2: I don't know. Are they going to end up joining Orcus? I don't think so. I don't
1: think think so either. I think they're going to be like Orcus's foil in their plan. Like the wrench that gets thrown in the machine knocks everything over.
2: You look at Mikhail's army and that's essentially what Orcus wants. They Mm -hmm. want augmented humans to be their super soldiers, to be their warriors. Right. Which is interesting. This next cover and the, the Krakoan is very exciting. A slip of the pen. As Colossus Ooh. is in jail with Wolverine and Omega Red.
1: Oh my God! Chroniclers coming back. He's Chroniclers doing it. like I'm taking my life back.
2: Hail Mary, baby.
1: F you, Mikhail. What'd you think? I loved it. I loved it because I loved the. A- it was action packed. Sage and Domino killing it. Yep. My girl Laura ruling the world in prison. Plus, I really liked the angle of like the Chronicler. And mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. attachment to Colossus and the development of that and the twist of like, oh, we're going after Orcus now. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed this story.
2: I did too. I, I like having the build up to closure about this arc, about this thread. I think that the reveals that we got are really exciting and really flesh out what's going on here between mm-hmm. our characters. I love Robert Gild's art. Yeah, I was I think just going to say I also really love the super art. Super strong and just really... Doing excellent action, there is part of that declassified interview. Ben was talking about how he's worked with all of these people for a number of issues in the run, and they're a well-oiled machine. And Mm. you really see that how they play off of each other really well, and they seem to know each other's language.
1: The other thing I've always really liked about X Force is that they don't. It's not ever easy for them, right? right? Like they're they're going mission (laughs) to mission, but they're generally
2: Except for Deadpool throwing at Nimrod Beast and the oopsie uh, okay, like that. Justin,
1: <laughs> geez, Louise. I'm talking about like in general, they don't like walk away from a battle with no scratches. Like sure. they usually leave roughed up in some way.
2: I mean, big picture, it's because they have five people defending an entire nation. But that's my grudge from the beginning that if you're going to have a CIA defense network, that it should have more employees. Look at the Pentagon. Come on, Charles. Yeah. Blanchina saying x-force be x-force and leave my omega red alone
1: mm-hmm, i know poor omega red i have a soft spot for him
2: love the dynamic duo of dommage
1: <laughs> oh dommage
2: or maybe dommage, dommage? Sage, yeah. I don't know. dommage is fun because it sounds like damage <laughs> michael can't wait to see who mikhail targets in orcas yeah
1: i know i was trying to look at those pictures and see to if see- i could figure out
2: i would imagine that it's not going to be someone that we don't know but maybe just some random foot soldier feels like a
1: Well, okay, here's the thing. This image that he shows, the bloom? It looks really it that's the bloom. Yeah, so that's because the, it looks very similar to this thing that we see in Children of the Vault.
2: It's in Iceman. It's also where the X-Men had saved the Orcus scientists that one issue.
1: Yeah, no, I know what the bloom is. I just there was something imagery in Children of the Vault that
2: I JR, Matt, and D. wondering why is Mikhail all of a sudden wanting to help his brother? And I don't know if he's uh, really trying to help his brother. He seems no, like he... he's
1: trying to get a
2: use him as collateral he, damage. Or...
1: He also wants to go after Orcus because Orcus is in his way. Right. right so right. it's not really like helping aiding... the mutants. Right? Yeah.
2: Which I mean, you could see it as the mutants could see it as, but they're also uncovering the longer plot that Mikhail has right. been at. Right. You know, it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend or my, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know what you were saying. I mean, that is the right phrase, but But that doesn't doesn't apply apply. here. Everybody hates
2: each other. They're all terrible. Right. (laughs) Eric Hoffman asking the real questions where was Wade? He was on the cover, but I can't remember what happened to him exactly at the gala. So he, he went off. He was like, I'm, right. I'm he done left. waiting he, here. He
1: went to go dance at the gala.
2: Right. He wanted to go dance. Who knows if he actually made it? He's also not a mutant. So right. he probably didn't have to resist.
1: Right. So how did he get out, though?
2: Ah, uh, he's Wade.
1: He went through a gate anyway. He was like, "Ooh, where are all these people going? I got to just follow them. <laughs> right, right. right.
2: he had to be able to leave the side island somehow. Vaderino really wishes... Dr. Reyes was on the team. She could totally have resisted. Poor Black Tom looks so sad, too. No. I think that would have been cool to see Cecilia here because she had been at least a background element of the larger X-Force team yeah. in the beginning and, and working with and developing like health solutions for them. And also with her shielding abilities would have been an interesting add to the think tank that is Sage, someone to play off of. Yeah. War Lion hopes that the Colossus and Chronicler plot gets resolved in the next issue or two. And I think that it's going to. It's on its way. It's there. on its way. The, the covers that we've seen over the next two, or at least that I've seen uh, for the next one with him in the jail, and then the the next one after that, where Mikhail's basically about to stab Colossus with what looks like the Cerebro sword, Whoa, if I'm remembering it correctly. Louise. It's an epic cover. But
1: doesn't Beast have the Cerebro sword?
2: Who knows? Isn't it going to send him traveling through time. How does it
1: work? How does it work? (laughs)
2: Tell
1: me your secrets, Ben Percy. Tell me
2: your secrets. Oh, I just got his new book. Oh yeah. I didn't mention that, but I just got his new novel and I'm really excited to read that, start reading that on the plane.
1: Oh.
2: When I'm not editing and or reviewing my notes for the classes. Or sleeping. (laughs) Or sleeping or watching whatever I download on my tablet. Are you excited about Children of the Vault?
1: Yeah. Oh no! Let's don't do, do that. It. Tell me, tell me
2: honestly. Tell me about know. that cover, honestly.
1: Honestly, the cover is great. Yeah. I mean, the children of the vault look like both intimidating and like gracious and godly at the Benevolent. same time. Benevolent. Yes.
2: Yeah. Interesting perspective, and the hidden cable and bishop under their hoods in the crowd. What? Ah, I knew you <gasps> wow. would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to say it.
1: Noise, I like that.
2: Yeah, I do too. That
1: makes it better. Yeah, it does. Love it. Here we go. Page turn noise.
2: Martillo's dance. He observes the humans and their customs, but never gets to enjoy it himself. I think this is interesting because of the culture of the children of the vault. They're raised in this time-displaced society outside of regular humanity, and they don't get joy. They don't get recreation activities like this or or love, essentially.
1: He just wants to dance.
2: Just wants to lay the hammer down.
1: He just wants to go boogie on the dance floor.
2: But you know you know who else wants to lay the hammer down? The Time Bros. The
1: Time Bros. Cable and Bishop. Here to take you to another place where they can interrogate you.
2: I think I enjoy the action sequence. I think... What gets me the most excited about this title is, yes, the vault itself, the threat of the vault, but also these two characters. These
1: are the people I'm here for in this
2: title. They're very seasoned fighters. They come with a knowledge of how dark it gets, especially Mm -hmm. with firsthand experience. Even beyond just Xavier seeing it in Moira's lives, like they have been in the darkest of timelines. Community Mm -hmm. reference.
1: (laughs) And I just like their dynamic.
2: You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they have this like frenemies. Yeah. You we know, are...
1: that seems to be my most favorite kind of sure. dynamic.
2: You know, we don't actually like each other, but we're all we have.
1: Right. We'll make it work.
2: Body slide by three. Together.
1: Together. Title page. Become the future. Lay
2: your hammer down. Written by Denise Kemp. Art by Luca Maresca. Colors by Carlos Lopez. Letters, Corey Petit.
1: VC Pitty.
2: Yannick Paquette and Guru EFX on that cover.
1: Before we go any further, I would just like to say my lack of love for Children of the Vault has nothing to do with the writing or the story itself. It just has to do with like...
2: your disinterest my, in the children.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't really care about the children.
2: Well, because you never read their initial appearances. And I don't know. I think they are an ultimate threat amongst a sea of ultimate threats mm. right so it's like how do you differentiate who is the biggest of the bads
1: yeah yeah so now we're going to we're going to learn about them a little bit
2: and their work their their good work around the universe more examples of their quote unquote heroism these threats from all across the marvel universe turning hearts and minds into champions of the children this call out to the Avengers, the zombie Avengers. Warlion pointed out uh, Shuma Gorath, who I believe it might just be in... I tried to do some research on it. Marvel doesn't own the name to Shuma anymore. Mm. And I don't know if that only extends into movie properties or if it also reaches into the comics, but they had called it something different in multiverse of madness. So Dr. Strange fights. I think they call it like gigantics or something like that. It's just a giant eyeball with tentacles.
1: Ah. I wasn't sure what Shuma even was. so I was waiting to figure out. I was like... I
2: saw the confusion in your face and I was like, are are you talking
1: about a person? Are you talking about a place? You're talking about the giant eyeball octopus. I get it.
2: This uh, one call out that I'd like to say the faction of Super guardians that are radicalized from the Shi'ar and are attacking the earth, mm. fighting against. I think that's just an interesting point, especially with how close the Shi'ar and the mutants are, especially through Alpha Flight.
1: This sort of look throughout history and this, oh my god, the children are here to save us, this feels very much like the beginning of the Eternals movie to me. Like, oh, we're going to talk about all the times throughout history that. And not in a bad way. I'm just making a connection like that. The Eternals have saved humanity. And this,
2: and this is like over the last X weeks. You know, right. this is just we're here. We're the heroes you need because no one else is stepping up. The Avengers are doing their thing with the X-Men. But Endor. so then
1: what is this? What are these zombies? Marvel who, who, zombies. But in so they're, they're universe hopping?
2: They're from a different universe.
1: So the zombies came in from another universe and the Earth children 2149. Of the just sa- saved them?
2: They're, they save the people. That's what they do. They're heroes. Become the future.
1: It's a lot of attacks happening.
2: Embrace the message. You know, it's a.
1: No, I will not embrace the message.
2: <laughs> it's a, a supercut. You know, we're, we're going all around. This page. Ooh. You have not read, or I guess there's not really much to read, but the Nuff said issue. So it's a it's an issue of classic comics where there are no words. It mm. is entirely a visual. You did read Giant Size X-Men, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost, yes. where it's a, I don't want to say shot for shot, but an homage to that issue, the way that Russell draws this inner mind citadel of Storm. Yes, and I remember go, that. And they go, they break in, and they try and rescue her, and they find the virus. Yes. And that virus is actually from the Children of the Vault, which is an interesting connection that I'm just realizing Ooh, now.
1: Oh, yeah. I just saw your face light up. I Ooh. did. I did.
2: It seems as though they have this ability to protect and or infiltrate this type of mind defense, mm. which I think is cool.
1: Okay, so a data page. So, what is <laughs> What happened here? <laughs>
2: The children found out that they were held captive by the, by the mutants. And that they're their, mad about it. Their campaign of terror across conquering the galaxy was actually a, a sweet little dream.
1: It was not real. It wasn't
2: real. It was just mentally induced into them. And they, as a society, decide that they are not strong enough. They Well, maybe they're not, they're not strong enough, but that they want to cook a little bit more. Mm. That they are going to just, they've got the anger, they've got the freedom. Now we're just going to simmer on it. We're
1: not going to release it just yet. We're
2: going to upgrade another round. Let the future decide the future. So the way mm. that they work, they they produce the next generation. That's why so many of the characters, you know, Camino 23, Sangre 142, Orando 84. Like these are all that version of that person. Yes. As they pro- project and evolve their powers abilities their mental thinking martillo martillo Martillo. yeah
1: let's get to the good stuff
2: Table. this is like like a cop interrogation i love this split cut Mm -hmm. as the narrative so as he's infiltrating the citadel of martillo's mind right so likely in some kind of i think eric asked something about this i don't know if it's i assume it's Connected to the astral plane, but right. that this is the fortress of Martillo's mind. That right. he is, in fact, you know, even these statues that represent him and his ability to wield this massive hammer.
1: I'm going to make another call out to the 100 that only me and Blonde China will get, but in the later seasons, there's like a chip that they have inserted. And then when you're inside, you can be inside another person's mind if you're sharing space with them. Like if the chip is anyway you live inside the chip it's a whole thing but the glory in, and grace of the five yes the prime the five <laughs> but anyway like each person's memories are held in a different thing and like Clark's are held in this like cell that she was kept in when she was a prisoner so there's like this idea that you have to journey through to find the right door to find the answer and that's what that's the vibes this is giving
2: me mm, mm, mm. Mm. I got the reference
1: cool three people
2: <laughs> what is the message this fighting back the tete-a-tete between the two of them as martillo has comparable defenses to cable's attack and it feels him in his mind but sends his defenses
1: Mm-hmm. and what is what is our friend bishop doing this whole
2: time what's he up to breaking into the x-mansion 1407 gray malkin making a comeback
1: why does it look so good? Shouldn't it be in shambles?
2: Yeah, I mean, technically it has been seen with much more destruction and or growth because it's not been kept and various villains have been living inside of it.
1: Who's, who are all these guards hanging out here?
2: Orcus, because they assume that this would be a place that mutants would return to. This use of Bishop's power. So a couple things. So. The use of Bishop's power, this is unique and new, I believe. Not something that I've seen readily. The way that he is repelling and or disrupting different energy fields so that he is not picked up by the various surveillances that the Orcus agents have set up around the mansion.
1: Because who knew there was an underground arsenal at the mansion?
2: Cable did because he's a time-traveling crazy man that he's like, well, I'm just going to go back to... Before, when they didn't know about this, I'm going to dig myself a bunker and put a bunch of guns inside.
1: Why is he singing, take me out to the ball game?
2: Because baseball is X-Men and X-Men <laughs> is baseball. And I'm pretty sure they said that, that it's ba- buried underneath the baseball field.
1: All right. That makes sense.
2: And they're about to play ball. All right. I'm done. I'll see myself Okay,
1: out. Yeah, that's enough. Oh, look, the children are here and there's news happening.
2: Their influence is spreading worldwide. This idea that, eh, well, the children are here, so we don't have to protect the world and the nations.
1: I can't tell you how infuriating it is to me to then have the whole world be like, we hate mutants. But these mutants
2: (laughs) are great. Right. Well, you also know that it's. The effect of the message.
1: I know. Right.
2: So the fact that they are attacking it from a different way, using this mental coercion. This thing. Yeah.
1: What is this? What is this mask, wire, eyeball monster?
2: I think it's the city. I think he's just called the city.
1: Ah, like the hub of the city in which they live. I get it.
2: Right. So yeah, I think it's just the city, and I think that that even you see this block of, you know, the the city also makes the children. To them, it is God, mother, servant, slave. Mm. It is the city itself, but just a representation. We're getting this conversation between Capitan and Serafina, and they're talking about how they have differences in their viewpoints, in their approach. Serafina is actually the one who pushed for the message, this Mm. as a way of taking on, rather than just going out and killing everyone, and and winning that way. Let's do it way. subtly. Yeah, Let, let's take control. You know, let's some nuance.
1: Let's take control without people knowing that we're taking control.
2: Yeah, she's facing against what are called the traditionalists. So there's a, a faction split between the children. Their but conversation
1: the... is interrupted.
2: Alert! Alert! They <gasps> What's have happened? Found Martillo.
1: It's Martillo.
2: Martillo.
1: Mortillo. And it's another really intense data page. What what happens in this data I don't know. I probably didn't read it.
2: Decide, prepare, conquer. The way No,
1: actually, I did read this one. mm -hmm. But you still explain it.
2: The way that they arrived at their decision and proceed with what needs to be done. So the different conversations about what we could do, all the different ways that we could do. The one guy that's like, well, we could also... Mate with the humans and create our own. No, <laughs> like mm-hmm. be banished, not that Kicked one. Kicked them out of the city. We killed that guy. We made a new one.
1: <laughs> but I like this idea of like one generation to decide, yeah. one generation to prepare, one generation to conquer. Like children of the vaults, they got time.
2: Exactly, that's their whole thing. The uh, I think it's Martillo that says to Cable, like we spent the last two hundred years sharpening our blades right. in the darkness. Right. Like that's that's so incredible. That's. I was talking to 1407 Grey Malkin about the fact that the children are so much larger of a threat than feels like would be taken down by even Cable and Bishop who are amazing. Right. So like they they have been always alluded to as a world-ending threat for the mutants. They mm-hmm. are a, a priority number 1 next to maybe the phalanx at the end game, but they are a representative of post-humanity at its early stages.
0: Yeah.
1: That's true. Cable's making some progress here.
2: Yeah, he's giant manning it up against Martillo's defenses.
1: And Martillo's starting to have some effects of wherever it is that he is being held captive. Well, we
2: don't know exactly until it's revealed. Cable makes his move. He punches through, he actually takes down the defenses. You can't stop us all.
1: He gets what he wants, though.
2: Yeah. It's all right. They're here. You're finished. As the children break through, the, the little ballerina that is the inner s- child, the inner soul of Martillo, the, the person that was longing for the dance at the beginning of the so issue. So sad. And Cable <laughs> just grabs her and eats her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yum. Oh, You fool. I'm, I'm not here. I'm not
2: here. This is just a telepathic representation of me.
1: I'm not stupid.
2: You have radiation underneath you and a giant explosion about to happen. Gotta go. And shout out to Warline for pointing this out. The most Rob Liefeld panel in the world as they are decked out in every single gun that Cable has ever let his hands on.
1: Bishop, how'd you carry all those guns over there? You
2: know, kinetic energy. (laughs) I don't understand it. Proud and scared of the fact that the next two issues I translated the Kirkoan on site.
1: Uh huh. What is this? one This say? one in
2: particular was easy because they do you the favor of separating the words. Mm. Other ones do not. Right. War of tomorrow.
1: Ooh, I loved the line in this issue where um, Martillo says like, "We are the future," and Cable's like, "Yeah, man, listen, like, I'm from I the love future, that. and I ain't never never seen, seen you.
2: He. Before. Never even heard her. who is she? I don't even know. I
1: don't even know her. She doesn't even go here.
2: Yeah. And then there was the other part of Martillo saying to him, like, You thought you had the future. You thought the future was yours, and I'm here to tell you how wrong you are.
1: Yeah. It's great.
2: Oh, it's war on tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, sad.
2: Whatever. I failed at Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think? So, th- did that conversation interest you any more in the plots and the, the ideas that are happening here?
1: Here's the thing. I'm interested in the ideas that are happening. It was more so like the Definitely the, the beginning dense data half. pages. Yeah, the 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 data pages were oof, a yeah. lot. Sure. And the beginning half of the comic, like, I know that the children are like all powerful and, and the saving boogeyman. the day and yeah. like all of that. Like, I do not need to see it. I know I needed to see it for story context, but i I enjoyed more of the interrogation and the the bishop capable of it
2: all. Right. It, it was more the the stuff that you're referring to is like, okay, we did some of this before, we're doing it again, and right. we're doing it again, mm-hmm. and we're doing it so much that it is influencing more and more people around the world. I thought it was really interesting, Capitan, pointing out how small the world is. Right. How like they, they, we prepared for thousands of years for this, like just this little blue marble with <laughs> the these, these weaklings, peasants, that, that we're going to kill them all and just start from <laughs> scratch. Martino saying that they're plan would potentially result in 1% of the population surviving. Yeah. That's insane. I like it. I, I really like this. Even if it's just these two characters, the threat, it feels really big and comes out of something that has been teased for a while. Like I mentioned, the conversation that I was having with Derek and agreeing that this feels bigger than should be resolved by mm-hmm. these two, but I'm really excited about the our first point from the Pikachu. Relative to that, uh, it would be kind of disappointing if they took out the entire threat, just the two of them, yeah. Personally, I think I don't know, but I think there's a, a lot of unrealized build.
1: Actually, I disagree, really, yeah. Just because I want to see the two of them do something crazy, sure. I want to do, I want some like Rambo Terminator. <laughs> like, <laughs> I
2: mean, that's going to be an epic next issue as they break into the city. That cover of them outside of the city with all their guns.
1: I mean, I think in a realistic nature, they would need more people. But I think for the purposes of this story, like seeing the two of them go ham on the children of the vault and like come together and be like, oh, I actually like this guy. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm here for that. We're story. friends
2: now. Yay. I just love their different approaches and ways of dealing with things. Great utilization of their powers. I really enjoyed the art. I really enjoyed the, the plot. Like, Dennis, it seems to be having a lot of things that he's pulling mm. from and bringing into this, and a lot of uh, someone someone teases up with this in a question later, but a lot of metaphor to life and the world and mm. the message. So let's let's talk about it. The peacockoo starting us off wondering if the more peaceful faction of the children are influenced by Darwin.
1: Oh, I wonder.
2: Which I think would be a great payoff. Of that as a plot point and would help to push the side over to Bishop and Cable. Yeah. Right. To have them, I don't know, pacified, but at least thinking about something more compassionate. He's in their system. The fact that Serafina is the one that was at that moment where Forge and Darwin were talking. Right. right? So she might be influenced by Darwin Darwin being in the city. Right. I thought it was really interesting. Really like that. Love it. Want to see it. Blonde China is hashtag team elevationist, Serafina's side, and can't Mm -hmm. wait to see our boys take on the city. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be an epic third issue. You know, whatever you don't like about the the comic is going to be resolved in that because you get the two boys with all their guns taking down everybody.
1: Shooting things and causing mayhem. Yeah.
2: Super smiley, wondering what we think on the social criticism of children on the vault. And that's kind of what I was pulling at the beginning, of our, our reflection of the issue, the message, right? Mm. So this this control over what people know and what they're being able to to act on, I think, is really interesting. Even just the the way that we as a as a world provide for our people and or defer to people that that come to save us.
1: Well, what's interesting about it is. The idea of the message is meant to be, like, more subtle. You know, like they're saying it's easing into people's minds. It's letting them them have this idea, but also our deeds are adding to that idea. Right. So it's going to make them feel like they had the idea themselves.
2: Yeah, you guys thought of Be The Future.
1: And I feel like that's exactly what happens with, like, social media marketing. Sure. Like, that's exactly what happens with, like if someone was to have control over an algorithm and what's being shown to people and this like slow play of messaging of like, oh yeah, you want this. It's very like capitalistic and consumerism based and Mm -hmm. it's really the way our world functions. So it's interesting because you you look at it and you go, oh my God, that's terrible. And then you're like, wait a second, that has happened to me on a daily basis. Right, I, I love it. Right. Why did I buy a backpack with 47 pockets? Because everyone on TikTok TikTok had a backpack with 47 pockets. And eventually I was like, I must have a backpack with 47 pockets. This
2: is why I don't go on TikTok.
1: (laughs) TikTok is basically the children of the vaults.
2: I 100% agree. (laughs) Eric Huffman is loving the Cable and Bishop team up. They make a great one-two punch complementing each other's power sets. And then we were talking about before confirming if this was in Martino's head or on the astral plane or some kind of combination. Mm. And I think it's through the astral plane. Cable is moving into Mar- Martino's base, his, his fortress in his mind.
1: But Cable has telekinetic or right Both. telepathic powers, right? So that's that's why he's in. Yeah, he's in. I feel like he's inside his mind versus on the astral plane, but.
2: We also must be using the astral plane to project across the distance because he's not in the room that Martillo is in. He's right. just sending his, his visual.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Remspringer loved the way that Bishop applied his powers while sneaking into the mansion. The the push and pull. Of the detection I thought that was a really unique application of what he can do.
1: Yeah, that is super cool And
2: i I've never seen that happen before or at least to that degree So really exciting to continue to find new ways of interpreting powers warline calling attention to the Marvel zombies and that they're from earth 2149 and first appeared in ultimate fantastic four the children of tomorrow are the people that the maker makes in ultimate fantastic four so that's actually their name the maker often is considered analogous to the city and that head Mm. the helmet uh this idea that in this world because reed richards does not become the maker the children are essentially what would be got it right so that divide and he's pointing out like is it just me or is camp showing us that he's a super ultimate fantastic four fan by bringing that in and is he making further connections i think that he might be playing mm-hmm. with that to, to specifically call out this ff reference and to have something that already is analogous to yeah a version of reed i think that's really interesting speaking about fantastic four references or offshoots of how did Orcus get their hands on an inhuman's fork that's the in the mansion kind of emanating out uh, the energies yes. right I would have thought that it was an artistic mistake or a similarity between the two devices. But no, the fork is used to manipulate energy. And here it's doing that the same, which I think is interesting, right? So we've seen on the bloom that they have a captured inhuman. Yeah,
1: I I was going to say they're messing around with inhumans. And
2: I don't know. I I know that the fork is on Black Bolt's head. I don't know anything about the Inhumans beyond that. And Hmm. that one jerk guy from a trial episode that I did months, years ago, I don't know. But it's interesting to see how much they're mining of the Marvel Universe in their attacks on the mutants. Yeah. Vaderino said, this was such a cool exploration of Bishop and Cable's skills with their powers. I love the creativity with Bishop especially. And especially, you know, like thinking about how you can approach utilizing this push and pull of his absorption power.
1: Yeah. I'd love just any opportunity there is to expand how a mutant power works. I'm here for.
2: Yeah. You know what else I'm here for? X-Men Red. Of course.
1: X-Men Red. Look at that cover. Oh. Look at that cover. Ah. Storm. Genesis. Epic Fisher chaos.
2: King. the Fisher King mystery sitting out in like whatever it looks like. Some kind of... Webbing or symbiote or xylo remnants.
1: It looks amazing. Let's get into it. Page turn noise.
2: Oh man, it's hate cre- this thing. This creepy brain guy. Hate it. I'm pretty <laughs> love su- it, but hate it. I'm pretty sure he's in the other issue, like the last issue. I thought I saw him in the the mass of people, but this is kind of terrifying. Fisher King at six years old feeding a prisoner a. Zazath, the mind flayer and i think interesting to point out the grin on his face at the bottom mm. the way that he's talking about it it says you can flay my mind flay it alive in pain beyond pain cut away my past my name everything i have been scar my very thoughts until they become unreadable until i become invisible so this happens. Mm-hmm. I'd assume that this happens, right? This is what he's seeking.
1: And because he says this is my earliest memory, so essentially like this is the last thing this is the moment of his previous life that he remembers because it's the moment that le- leads him to his life after
2: this point. Right, where he starts to plan and prepare his long game plan to take down from the inside. Flashback to the future in the war room. The effects of Xylo playing in Fisher King's history, the two of them connecting and not actually speaking to each other, just kind of like digging through his mind. Mm,
1: because it seems like Xylo can't actually speak to Fisher no. King. can only They can only like...
2: Send impulses yeah, and messages. Yeah. Give the
1: vibes. Which
2: is so interesting.
1: So we're getting that sort of internally for Fisher King as we're, we're as a team taking a look at what's, what's exactly happening on Araco right now. What territories belong to who? Where's Genesis at? What's the plan gonna be? Where Where are we going next?
2: Yeah, tax strategies all around.
1: Title page: Morocco divided.
2: Nothing and nobody. Fisher King, written by Al Ewing, art by Yadiray Sinar, colors Federico blee letters Ariana Maher. He
0: sees Ariana
2: Maher. Stefano Caselli and Jesus Arbertov on that amazing cover. Cut to age 15 sneaking through. Praise Tarn. Yeah. It is exciting to see Tarn.
1: Praise Tarn. Praise I Tarn. Love you, Tarn. You're crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 As oh. they're they're talking about solemn and breaking solemn, using a way to gain access to his adamantium skin to work that into his children, his creations.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and we meet for the first time fisher king's
2: wife yeah zora
1: who says no 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 oh calm down
2: mr stabby guy in the dark
1: don't be doing that
2: you're just gonna make things worse that's
1: not the right move this
2: isn't how we do it we got to do it better and if you're gonna kill somebody you got to kill them all
1: (laughs) so let's not how do you feel about this map I like it. You love a map.
2: I do. And especially a color-coded map that, that shows map. the update of where we are with the war. The the split with Iska. You can't call out Iska here and not expect to see her in the next issue or two. Right. Right. She's I,
1: called out a couple times. Yeah,
2: a number of times. And, and even in last issue, right? She is still a major player of the story. She's
1: got her own little territory over yes. there. And nobody touches Iska's land.
2: Same with the vial. Another part that like, hey, you know, we are the two sides. Where will we fall? Will we be on the same side and back someone or just be a thorn in everyone's side?
1: Yeah. Ah, that annihilation. It's really just controlling everybody's minds.
2: Whispers. I, I feel so bad for Sabunar here as he's just like, hey, do we really we don't really need to do this with my children. Right. Like we don't he doesn't seem to want to be a part of Genesis's cadre.
1: Yeah. Do you think he chose the wrong side? He's feeling the effects? I
2: don't think that he has control over his choice. I feel like he was influenced by...
1: Ah, annihilation?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Second thoughts. but That silly double-headed dog is like, like no, no, no. Everything's great. Follow Genesis till we die.
2: Yeah, which I think is interesting. You're so
1: wise, Genesis.
2: So I was looking into, because I wanted to see, someone mentioned something about Lactuka. And I wanted to refresh on what her seat was. Mm-hmm. And Lycan, like the two wolves, sits in the seat of stalemate. So I was looking at the, the great ring seats mm-hmm. because they are consulted when there's no clear winner to see both sides of something and to be able to pick a, a, a point to move forward. Idol, the future seer, was the seat of stalemate before. So mm-hmm. the person that could see the future makes sense. I just, I never felt too aware of who each of the council members were or at Mm -hmm. least the the distinctions of their seats so i wanted that little refresh i don't know if you recognize these two caster and i can't remember the other one's name and i don't even think that it's mentioned here but i'm pretty sure they appeared in cable for the first time and they were like making a mess in england i just i remember them showing up in that cable, like Babel series. Mm,
1: I don't remember. And it but was when Cyclops,
2: you. Cyclops and Cable go and break up the fight and, and take down these two. Ah. Auricerata.
1: Serrata is mad. Mad about Aurora has destroyed all of Araco. The way that she's changed the civilization has weakened every inch of Arako. It's ruined, ruined. And we have to be careful about how we go forward because everyone is weak. Everything is weak because of what Aurora did.
2: Now, status exotica, use your blood for, I'm assuming, one of the first times. Because talking again, similar to Korra, right? This ability that both of these two characters have to augment, to change someone's power or, or physicality. Mm. Why would someone want that when pride is so highly right. valued in Iraqi society?
1: Ah, Exotica's gift. We're going to take the children of Sabunar and turn them into something
2: else. Something more. But first, off into space. Keeper! peeper and hairbag they're still alive and on sword
1: because they got stuck on the station during the gala
2: yeah if we were down on earth we'd have gotten Xaviered, which whenever your name gets turned into a verb it's never a good thing (laughs) thank you for that peeper i love it
1: yes storm is saying what what is this why is genesis coming at us in a boat doesn't you know? know
2: Does she know who I am?
1: I'm Storm. Come on. The water, the, the airs. You going to come at me like this? And then Roberto says, mm, I think there's a little bit more than just boats. Yeah. Take a look at that creepy monster coming at us.
2: But even to, to, to not exactly reveal, but to flash forward to this as a strategy. Genesis knows how Storm is going to respond. She's mm-hmm. playing her. This is a trap. Yes. Which is so exciting about her as a character, Genesis.
1: And, and Fisher King is feeling something inside A saying, memory. things are happening. Zylo's trying to tell me something. And <sighs> I, I got to figure out what it is. You need to tap into my memories to figure out what exactly it is. And we get the new history of Araco, chapter whatever that number is.
2: Yeah, this was part of the conversation I was having, or one of the points I made. That, You know, this is a dense data page. Mm -hmm. These data pages in general and this font is doing nothing for anyone. This (laughs) is just making it even more difficult to read because of how difficult it is.
1: But basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I got from this was really... We're learning about the first time Annihilation ruled, yep. and essentially the ways that Annihilation would be mad at you if you <laughs> broke any of the rules of Annihilation. And the one that we really need to focus on here is that if you're planning a coup, you're not all gonna die; just one of you is gonna die, so the rest of the members of the coup feel the pain. Yeah,
2: I don't want to lose all my soldiers. You know, right? There, there were throughout this. We're talking about the. Ways that mutants kept hope while in the prisons. The three different ways that they saw positivity or a way out. So the the first obeisance to annihilation. So becoming a part of her side, Mm -hmm. abandoning what you think and and joining who you believe to be the winning ranks. That was a one that was one way to have hope to move forward. The second being death. You know, we don't fear a life that ends. Mm -hmm. It is an escape from this torment. And the third, rebellion, to fight, to stand up for the potential freedom. And as we transition to the next page and the night seats,
0: mm, we see
2: seats. that rebellion. Fisher King is 45 years old and approaching Solemn for a partnership of kind. Not like the Solemn that we know. Mm. They are ready to strike. They're ready to move. And they want to know if we have your help, if we have, if we can count on you in some way
1: not interested. No,
2: not really. I'm going to yeah.
1: eat my grapes and laugh at how I'll live forever and you fools have to deal with this for now.
2: The only thing he's interested in, and he says this flat out, is a foursome. Yeah, can we just <laughs> all
1: do it together? Yeah, you know,
2: you want to come down here or I'm just going to eat my grapes.
1: Doesn't this look appetizing?
2: And they're talking about the plan. The plan to attack Oris to remove the shackles of laws and then to further attack Annihilation's forces.
1: Mm-hmm. Cut back to present day.
2: Storm's counter to this giant fish monster approaching, bringing down the hail-like dagger from the sky.
1: So cool. Yeah. So cool. This
2: was one of the preview art panels from X-Men Monday. Storm conjuring that in the sky and just the size of this as it slices through its skull.
1: Boom. It's dead.
2: Xylo coils in my spine.
1: Something's not right.
2: Merged as we are, he can only speak in warnings from his history and my own. The present becomes the past again. As we are 45 and a day captured Mm -hmm. immediately.
1: And we see... ooh, Well, first we see Fisher King and his wife are held captive. And... Here we are. There's our, our children.
2: Zen and Cora.
1: Zen and Cora as little babes.
2: And this, you know, there, there's torment ready to be done. Bringing in the children to watch as the parents are tied up. And someone's going to die. Someone's
1: going to die. We and have to punish you and this is how we do
2: it. Fisher King exploding over the fact that you, you can't kill my children. Like, if anyone should die, it should be, I take it on myself. Zora says.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Was I supposed to just let you get there first? No, I swore an oath, my love. One I cannot break to protect you with my life as she is disintegrated to Ooh,
1: bone. Yes, and uh, Annihilation has zero problems doing that swiftly and... Precisely. Oh,
2: some big reveal here. The secret of the betrayal. Mm. Genesis wears the helm and speaks to plants. Plants that are inside your gut. She is able to spy on them from the inside. And then. That's such an interesting evolution of her power. Zen with this scowl on her face. Weakling to her father. Rough. Yeah, that's intense, but entirely too Zen. (laughs) I mean, not zen, like zen. Zen. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then inside. Uh, I have it. I know the answer.
2: A little too late, bud. Quick,
1: Birdo, burn the body. It's
2: too late. There are flora inside this beast creating the Okara Gate. The thing that we don't need a corresponding gate to. We just need to plant a gate the fact that
1: it grows in both it, places it,
2: yeah it just grows this one portal that opens up and it grows out of blood mm-hmm. mutant blood Sabunar's children
1: we got a big old fish monster to grow from this
2: giant gate as the armies of ameth the summoners the daemons the white sword and his men all come and join the fight this doesn't it's look like it. has been a
1: while, Rocco. How are yeah. you doing?
2: It's time to push that Uranus button and bring yeah. down an hour of Uranus. Yes. I feel like this is last ditch.
1: Indeed, it is time for that.
2: Whew. The Four Horsemen is our Krakowan.
1: ooh What'd you think? I mean, it was great. It was great. I loved learning more about the Fisher King. I like the flashbacks and the build-up and the twists, twists upon twists upon twists. So great.
2: This is really great. Beautiful art. To both give us a satisfying backstory on the Fisher King and up the stakes to a new unruly level that we weren't ready for I don't think like I was fascinated by Fisher's story the way that he has been plotting Mm -hmm. this strike and revenge since he was a child and how this has become all his identity it's all because it was burned away who he was
1: right well he was he always wanted to end annihilation's rule and so I think you know it coming back is is a oh no I have failed my mission in life yeah how do I restore
2: it mm-hmm. yeah those all those years that he put into his efforts the fight that he fought to take them down the way that Al is using Xylo as a way to engage with Fisher's past mm-hmm. connecting the two of them the, the strategy the uncomfortability that Sabunar has with what's going on I loved this issue I thought it was really good
1: yes it was great
2: some questions JP Didomaso wonders if any of the horsemen will join Storm's side
1: death Ooh. I've been waiting for them to be reunited. Yeah. You think it's death? I think it's death.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I because mean, death
1: of... is the only one who has a connection to Storm. That's why I say it.
2: Sure. The only reason I... And maybe... I guess it might depend on where Tarn's forces fall mm-hmm. in the, the divide. And I'd imagine with this giant army now coming through the gate that they would stand with Aurora in some way. Mm-hmm. And... But that just makes me think of war and her relationship to Tarn having Mm. killed her husband. And, you know.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well, what if war and death go?
2: What if they all go and they say, you're not our real mom. You're some.
1: You're some puppet.
2: Yeah. Some demon helm. Gilbert Rojo, 1022, calling out for Storm, my queen. She is -hmm. is the winner all around.
1: For sure. Always and forever, Storm.
2: We actually had a a couple of people on Instagram asking about Abigail Brand and her betrayal and if it got resolved and where she has been. Yeah,
1: where's she at? Just
2: a few people were like, hey, Abigail Brand is someone to bring up. And it made me think of, I would be surprised. So so she ran off off panel. Right. right? She escaped Fisher King, which I don't really know how. And I don't know if that was a conversation. Maybe they found an understanding of who the real threat was Mm. in Genesis in the oncoming war. I don't know how much he knew at that point, but I also thought it would be really interesting to see if she had reconnected with Beast at some point off panel, right? Because they have met previously in the last year or so on Arako, and they are both terrible people.
1: Yes, they are.
2: And they both want destruction, but they don't want destruction of soul. Like That is, th- this war here is only just going to destroy even further right. what Brand is trying to build, A what Beast is trying plants. to protect, right? They are not good people in terms of doing things politely or, or civilly, but they have things that they want to save.
1: But the only thing is, I just really don't want Brand to come in and save the day here. Right,
2: you don't want Brand to be redeemed because you hated her the entire time.
1: Despise her.
2: Yeah, I know. Blanchina said, "Holy X Men Red, where to begin?
0: <laughs>
2: Glad to finally, even if slowly, start to move." And learn more about the OG horseman bringing up death and his glare. Mm. Michael can't wait to see what the Locust Vile have been up to, the way that they have evolved, the way that they have grown. And no, not Trojan Biohorse. This issue was the Genesis war I was looking forward to. My only question is what happened to Fisher King? Did that brain guy do something? He had this menacing smile implicating that he did.
0: And I agree. I
2: think I think that he did. I think he had to. That that was why that Fisher King at that age went to him to be able to be undetected by all of the forces of Amonth.
1: Yeah. Six-year-old with so much gusto.
2: Yeah. So much planning. I mean, you're six years old. You've lived in a prison for your six years of life. Vaderino mm. shouting him out. The Night Seats, Fisher King Origins, Storm, basically Shiva in Final Fantasy. (laughs) But it's the reveal that Genesis whispers to plants, even at a micro level. That is a wild level of power. Right. Which is so cool.
1: Yeah, that's a whole nother like, oh, no. Oh, dear.
2: Right. We're in
1: big trouble now.
2: We've only actually seen her display her control over plants, her control over flora a couple of times in battle. Mm but to have a different interpretation of how you can utilize a control over plants, I think is, ah, uh, whoa. Can, yeah. can Storm listen to clouds? Like, what's up? <laughs> I think it's interesting. This is a counterpoint. bruce 33, wondering if Genesis is actually a true threat, not feeling like the protagonists are in any real danger. It feels kind of easy. And I understand that because we're kind of like meeting at the battlefield, but the amount of power that each possesses And the size of this army like I remember the threat that was the white sword and his 100 men the threat that were the the horsemen of the apocalypse and we haven't really seen Genesis do much beyond fighting with that sword Mm. or kind of like kind of showing her strength but I think once we actually see them go off.
1: I think it's more like as a leader, right? she has the ability to bring together all of these other people who will destroy them. To
2: move everyone. Like she is the one that rallies all of the disenfranchised, the people that want to be back at war, want to be into their namesake as Iraqi people. Yes. Warlion thinks it's ironic that Weaponless Zen's powers in reading people failed to read her father. I can say that this is the first good X issue that Al Ewing wrote since X-Men Red 9. Which I think, yeah, that's a stretch. I think I think he's been really solid throughout. But yeah. I agree that this was a really great issue. That this was a top point. And I don't know if Zen's powers had not yet manifested, right? So Fisher King's talking about at age six. Right. The seers think that I will never have a power. So, you know, muberty happens regardless of whether you're born on Earth or in a month. Right. But... I also don't know, you know, so painting their truth, I believe, is, is her ability. Right. I, I'd be curious to see what she saw in her father. And this also seems to be the division point between the family.
1: Right. Probably because Zen is more upset that he didn't, like he was weak in not accepting the death for himself and that, right. that her mother took it.
2: He allowed his wife to kind of step in. and Right do the thing fake torta saying that zen's reaction to her father was so harsh but so perfect for what we've seen of her before meeting kurt yeah right like just mm-hmm. the cold nature the intense stare of this child just weakling that face such a great design and just just the emotion that you can read on it mm-hmm. Oof. that's all we got
1: Wow. We
2: did not do a fast or light episode. (laughs) No,
1: we don't know how to do those. No. We try really hard. You know,
2: there was that one time that we were just like, we each get a minute (laughs) timed. And that was probably the only one. And then we've done some that are just like high level.
1: Because that was like a catch up of like two or three weeks. Yeah.
2: You can't say that we're going to go fast and then you say it after I've already done my full notes because (laughs) I want to go through them all. I want to go through the issues and I enjoy doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they're great issues. Yeah. But (laughs) We are Okay, so wait, what's coming next week? What do we have to look forward to when we get home from the uncanny experience? A
2: giant stack of comics. Oh, great. Predator versus Wolverine number 1. All right. We'll see what happens. Another Wolverine story. I don't know where this sits. This is outside the Fall of X. Your face is so just, not like, into it. I uh,
1: just Predator. Uh, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. I'll read it. I I will read it. Yeah,
2: yeah. X-Men Annual number 1. Oh. So Cyclops and Captain Marvel cool another contest of chaos and then into our fall of x with five books more than will fit in my poll and i don't know what to do about it Uh uh-oh alpha flight number two wolverine number 37 uncanny spider-man number one uncanny avengers number two and dark x-men number (laughs) two yeah Ooh, that's a stack
1: uncanny spider-man number one
2: Ah, are you excited i am excited i do so that is my order of excitement so it's it's in the middle Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and i'm i'm interested to see what it is you know two of my favorite characters combined into one story and trying something new with kurt and where he's going what he's up to i think it's interesting that i always love it when I, i was going to say this before and maybe i'll move it to edit back then I always love it when my prediction, so I, I or or my feelings of where my favorite book is to my least favorite book, mm-hmm. when that matches the poll results. Yes. I always feel so validated in my opinions mm-hmm. of
1: <laughs> As you should. So as you thank should. you. Thank you everyone. For validating you. I love you all. <laughs> uh, until next time, old friend.
0: Cheers!
1: Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends.
2: The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Kwan.